Go everybody and welcome to episode 38 of X-Men the Phantom Podcast. I'm Joe and I'm here joined by Jermaine. How are you mate? Pretty good mate, pretty good. Steve? 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 We need, we need to insert cricket sound effects there. Um, yes, he's not with us. <laughs> he's not with us again. Oh. He's, he's, too, he's too good for us. So he went, nah, I don't want any more of your shenanigans. <laughs> but Steve, we need you. You keep us in line. Yep. Watch how quickly it all falls apart without you yeah. here, Steve. I must admit, we were pretty good last episode. Yeah, we did behave ourselves. Let's make up for it this time. Sort of. <laughs> we only offended some people. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they'll get over it. Yeah, true. Right, well, once again, we have a heap of news to get through. So, let's cool, waste... Do we? Oh, yes, we do. So let's waste no more time and get into our first winch, uh, I mean, our first piece of news, which is the new Phantom on Hero statue from Icon Ooh, Collectibles. Not bad, that, huh? It's a very nice statue. It is. Um, unfortunately for myself and lots of other fans, it also has a very nice price tag of $399.99 Australian. Mm, I just remortgaged my house, and that was just so I could get the statue. <laughs> No. Um, like, like Icon's previous statue, this does come out in colour variants, but it only has a grey variant, so you only have the purple and the grey um, costume variants. So you don't have all the red and the blue and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's at 33 centimetres high, so it's roughly the same size as the previous statue. It comes out in August this year. You can already pre-order it from um, Pop Culture. Um, I will not be getting this because I cannot afford that. What about you, Jermaine? Are you going to try and get um, one? Or? If Icon are looking for a, a fair review and they want to give it to me at a discounted price or, or something, I'll be getting it. Um, <laughs> but no, likely I probably won't. In my opinion, $400 is probably about $150 too much. Yep. Now, I understand... There's a whole heap extra uh, of statue, which is hero. But whether, you know, the icon statue, you're paying, what were you paying? $120, $150 max Yeah, for that. somewhere around that. Paying an extra, so what's that? What's mass? Extra $250 for, a, for hero is a little bit too much in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I personally think that it was it's worth about two fifty, mm-hmm. and that the extra hundred and fifty is to capitalise on the eightieth. Yeah. You know, like how florists up their price for Valentine's Day and stuff like that. Icons kind of jacking up their price to maximise the most that people will be buying stuff. And just in my opinion, I'm probably wrong. And this would be where Steve would normally interject and bring it back on track. But that's just how I feel it is that it's a little bit higher. So short answer, I probably won't be getting it. Yeah, and it, it's got me a little bit worried in the fact that um, Icon's previous stuff was so affordable. And mm. then we get this. So I'm worried that their next yeah. item We've may We've already be... got Bradford Exchange. Something <laughs> yeah, else exactly. Cover, which is... A lot of money. We need yep. stuff that is more affordable. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, even the uh, the ticker statue, um, which I'm not sure if people have seen that, but that was released for the 70th anniversary. That was 
So, you know, that was another anniversary special, and that was similar size, maybe a little bit bigger. That was only two fifty three hundred dollars as well. Yeah. So, um, I think the only other statue that's probably more than this would be the uh, the the bronze first Phantom statue, which was released by Phantom's Vault. Yeah. And that was uh, a very limited run too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there's like about 25 or 30 of those. Yeah. So, yeah, read into that as you will. Yeah, it's um, very much out of my price range. But we have even more expensive collectibles uh, to talk about. So, mm. we'll move, But we'll let's, let, let us stress that it's a very nice statue. Yeah, yeah. Um. It is a very nice statue. So we'll move on to uh, some more 80th anniversary stuff now. Um, so as you can imagine, for the 80th anniversary, there's been lots of celebration in the media, um, lots of newspaper articles and web articles. Um, ones that are very worth mentioning are the following, which uh, King Features um, yep. put an article on their own website talking about the 80th, and in that they mentioned that they are looking to expand not just the Phantom but their other brands into uh, the digital realm. So that means mm. uh, digital games, so like mobile and online games, um, kids, uh, interactive stuff. So, yeah, we could be seeing a lot of digital Phantom content coming out soon. Yeah, well, we've already seen... Um, so with that, uh, it was kind of interesting. They kind of... they. To be honest, King Features should have done a better job of releasing the exciting stuff about the mobile online games because it just it was just kind of added as an afterthought. And we were all like, you know, the three of us were reading it and going, what's Zynga? Yeah. So, you know, we Google it and we're like, oh, it's a computer game. You know, we Google a little bit more. Oh, look at that. Zynga's actually re- has got the license for King Features games. They've already done a Betty Boop and a Flash one, and they're going to do a Phantom one. Oh, that's pretty exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. They, so, they, but it was just, yeah, just, there was no fanfare about it. No, there wasn't, which, which was a shame. Um, had a, there's, if you're on the website and you look for the uh, King Features, moving into the digital realm, I think that's what it's called, or something like that, um, have a look at that article and you'll be able to see a video at the bottom of it that um, is a video of the Flash animated game that they've um, they've created which is an on uh, a web-based game. It looks okay. It's kind of like a platformer, runner-type thingy. Um, yeah, it's... It looks all, all right. <laughs> the, um, it could have been done better. Something's yeah. better than nothing. So, you know, they're the two extremes. Um, it reminds me of... It's built in Flash, which is kind of ironic. It's got the Queen soundtrack, which, you know, may or may may or may not be something that will interest you. Um, but it reminds me of something that was created probably 10 years ago. Yeah, it does look quite dated. Mm. It does. Especially and, when you think of what can, you know, go on mobile phones and stuff now. Oh, yeah. It's, um, and yeah. I don't know whether that's because they think the characters are dated or whether there's not much money in it, so they didn't spend as much, you know, they didn't get the good developers and the good designers on it. They got, like, the, the B or the C team doing it. But, um you know, at first I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome, you know. I, don't know, I hope the Phantom gets it. And then the more I'm looking at I'm going, yeah, his graphics are lacking a bit. Um, it's only got four levels. Um, it's just basically 
uh, an up uh, a 2000 you know 15 15 year old updated version of Space Invaders. Um, should we be expecting something a little bit more exciting than this? Yeah, probably. But, we should we should be expecting it, but whether we'll get it. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's good that we're getting it. Like I think yeah. it's now a couple of podcasts ago we announced that there was a new general manager or, or something involved with King Features, and one of his major responsibilities was to go into the digital age. So if this is the first attempt, two thumbs up. And if you know, because normally the first attempt's not as good as the rest of the stuff. So two thumbs ups. We've got something. Now, let's see a mark improvement from Zynga and from King Features. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so the other articles that are worth mentioning um, would be, well, actually, this isn't just an article. This is a whole website. So a website called Precinct 13 did a whole week of Phantom-based uh, articles to celebrate the 80th anniversary. Mm. So every single day for the, the week of the anniversary, they had an, a Phantom-themed uh, article up there, but they also re sort of dig their website a little bit to make it fan centric. Yeah. So it was really cool, a really nice celebration of the character. It was, um, you know, and they did like Jungle Sayings, they did a review of the um, movie, I think it was, and they did some other stuff, and it was fun. It was great to see an American based fan blog or website. Actually, one, know who the Phantom is, but then two, realise that he's a big enough character to actually um, celebrate it. Yeah, exactly. And they admitted that he was the precursor to all previous superheroes, <laughs> quite unlike the last article we we're going to mention, which I don't want to mention it too much because I don't want to give it too much airtime, but there was an article posted by the Comics Alliance, and it started by saying how great the Phantom was and then finished by saying he's not really a superhero, don't read it. All I really want to say is if you're going to write an article about a character, especially one for that character's 80th anniversary, do some flaming research. I mean, jeez. It was literally like the dude had just gone on Wikipedia and pulled out a couple of random things and just... Well, anyway. Yeah, the problem was is that he's... So first of all, he says that it's not really a comic book hero because he doesn't have superpowers, et cetera, et cetera. But then... For all of the reasons why he wasn't a super superhero, he claims that Batman is a superhero, even though, let's face it, the Batman is a ripoff of the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. It's quite a bad article. However, if you do want to have a look at it, the links up on the website, and there is a rather Blatant. heartfelt rebuttal that I might mm. have written. Um, against it. I did post a link to that rebuttal on the uh, Comic Alliance website. I never heard anything back, so let's just. So Leave it at that. Leave it at that. But it's, yeah, how not to write an article, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but anyway. At least they wrote an article. And yeah, at least that's... they acknowledged it. Like there, there was a lot of other comic book uh, websites that wouldn't have even bothered with it. So it's good that they've actually done yeah, um, it. Yeah. But it could have been a lot better. Comic book resources, I don't think, did anything, which I was very disappointed by because I am a, quite a fan of their, their web, website. I was quite disappointed in that. Um yeah, there was a couple that didn't post anything, which was a huge shame. But anyway, moving on. So um, a company by the name of Monsters in Motion uh, are releasing a build-it-yourself Phantom and Devil resin kit. Now, a couple of years ago, these guys released um, a just, just the Phantom buildable resin kit. Now, this 
kit goes for 50 US. Um, and it is literally just a pile of plastic that you receive. <laughs> and a bit more than that. Okay, so it's a decent pile of plastic that you receive and then have to put together and paint yourself, which would be fine. Except when you it arrives on your doorstep, as I discovered with their previous statue, it, it is literally just a bunch of plastic. There is no um, nicely designed box that it comes in. Um, there's no real instruction manual. It's just, here you go, stick it together, have fun. Now, if you're a model maker, then that's probably all you'll need. If you're a mm. git like me, you like to have you know, a bit of instruction and a nice box. Stick A to B together, yep. paint it purple. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Slow, by the numbers yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still colour in with the uh, with the with the numbers? So like you know, A goes here and <laughs> yeah, of course I did. I think you raise a good point that it is for model kit people. Um, now the you can hire someone who um, can build it and paint it for you and will do a good job and then ship it back to you. So that is an option, and there's point, you know, you just do a quick Google search and you'll be able to do it. To be honest, you need patience to be able to build a model kit, which, and time, which is probably why I'm not very good at it, because <laughs> um, I'm the same. I, you know, I, I've seen the, it's it's not like the, you know, the 1970s Revel one, yep. where you've got instructions, the nice cover box and stuff. It's not like that. Um and so, yeah, it was a bit of a shock getting a bit of plastic in a bag with instruct, you know, with no instructions. I did get an image of what it can look like, um, but I will be getting this one. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be getting it. I'll be passing this mm. one up um, because I have the last one which came out a couple of years ago and it's still in bits of plastic. <laughs> Mine um, as well. I have done a little bit of model model building in the past. I've had two um, Ecto-1s, that, model kits that I've put together. But, again, they came in a nice cardboard box. So if you just decided not to put it together and you just sat it on the shelf, or even while it was just sitting on the shelf while you were waiting to have the time to put it together, it at least looked nice. Um, whereas this is literally a lump of plastic. Yes. Um, highly detailed plastic but still just plastic. So it depends, I guess, how serious you are about model building, um, whether you get this or not. I think it's still, yeah, I don't know. I think this is probably something that we're going to have to agree to disagree on. I think it's a, I think it's a great item, like a good item. A great item would be with a nice, a nice painted box even if it was a, you know, flogging one of, um, uh, flogging a cover off something else, i.e. Douglas Kaluba, because let's face it, his stuff always gets flogged off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it could have been a great product. And, you know, if it comes with a box, instructions, um, and cost you an extra 10, 15, maybe 20 US, you probably, you probably were more inclined in buying it. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think you got to remember what the market is, and that is that it, that's what that's what this website or this company, Monsters in Motion, that's who they do cater for, and so yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Now, right. have you noticed if you look at the image, 
if you look at the image and you increase it, make it larger, you actually see another phantom statue behind it. I did notice that, yes. Mm. So have we figured out what that is? Do we reckon that's a previously released one or one that might be? Um, I've seen it before. I've seen it on eBay, but I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a like a special or whether there was only a couple of them, whether it was custom made. I don't know anything really about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that will be a mystery we can look into later mm. on. Um, right, well, let's move on. So we mentioned um, all the stuff for the 80th a little bit earlier. So a podcast by the name of Junk Food Cinema did a review or a discussion, however you want to look at it, um, commentary on the Phantom movie, the 1996 Billy Zane Phantom movie. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to this yet, but Jermaine has. Now, was this for the 80th? Was the 80th kind of the reason they did this, or they just felt like I think it was just a, a happy coincidence. Yep. Um, yeah, I did listen to it. It's worth listening to. It. Um, they do swear on it, and they do talk about other stuff. So if you've got sensitive ears... Um, it's probably not. I would probably recommend not listening to so, it. So it's not highbrow like this podcast, is what you're saying? <laughs> I thought we were civilized. Well, civilized when Steve's on to keep us in the control, you know. Yeah. His, um, he brings the class. You should be able to keep. Uh, you should be able to keep us under control as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. It's a good. I'll give you a bit of a, a bit of a background. Is that they're actually film critics. They actually do work in the industry. They've worked on movies before, studied film culture and all that type of stuff. So they're not they're not uh, homemade fans or you know fans doing a podcast like us. They're actually you know are studied in what they're doing and stuff, and they do know what they're talking about when it comes to cinema. Um, there was two guys. One absolutely loved it. Like you know was an unbiased fan, basically said, I love it, no matter what you say, I love it. The other one loved it or liked it for what it was, which was a timepiece in the 90s when there weren't any other comic book movies made, um, but doesn't like it as an overall movie. They do raise an interesting point that there was some sexual innuendos throughout the movie, which I must admit I never picked up on. Like, for instance, um, when Diana was kidnapped, uh, um, Quill goes, you know, when he goes, oh, I'll deal with this problem, and then you, know, you and I can have some alone time, you know, and a bit of a, you know, eye wink and, and stuff like that. And then there was another time when the Phantom, as Kit Walker, in New York, was getting worked over, and Sala said, oh, I claim the body when you're finished. And so there was a few things like that, which they thought was a little bit odd, but they expressed that it was the 90s and it's not 2016, when some of those things might not be uh, okay as they were back then, if that kind of makes any sense. Um, the world wasn't as PC, you mean? Yeah, like, um, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good word. Um, they did spend a bit of time um, looking at it with... in. Uh, at this, looking at it with the other time period pieces that were created around that time, like the Shadow, the Rocketeer, um, the Phantom, and what was the other one? Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy, that's it. 
So they looked at all of those four, like all of those four, and then they kind of did a little mini comparison against the four. Most of them preferred The Rocketeer as their favourite overall movie, but then they said that The Phantom was the best hero, Diana was the best love interest, and they actually really, really liked Xander Drax as the villain, which some people cannot stand him as the villain. They think he's very camp and, and stuff like that. So they say that, and they love the stunt work of The Phantom as well, which they said was the best out of all four of them. So, you know... So it was interesting listening to it from that point of view where there was a lot of things that they really, really liked about the movie, you know, from people that are more expert than us when it comes to cinema. So, yeah, it was an enjoyable listen. I I really enjoyed it. Um, At the start, they kind of stuffed up a bit of their research, but they kind of corrected themselves towards the end. So I'm not just sure whether they were doing research on the fly or they realised they made a mistake and corrected it. But, you know, um, yeah, it's definitely worth a listen. It's interesting um, you say that they mentioned the the Quill thing and the Salah thing because the Salah, like whenever I watched it, I always thought the Salah thing was just funny and I never really thought much about it. Like she's just very much a femme fatale and she's obviously a, a, whatever the female equivalent of a womanizer is. She's one of them. Um and, you know, it's just like a f- sort of flirtatious little s- yeah. joke that she's have- having. So I never thought much of it. And the thing with Quill where he says, maybe when I get, a- get back, you and I can spend some quality time together. Again, I just thought, you know, I, I didn't really think of it as he was going to tie to a bed and have his wicked way. It was just him being a bit of yeah. a bastard because he's a bit of a bastard, you know. Yeah. So it's interesting that they took yeah. that from it, I think, because like that kind of sexual overtone I never picked up on as strongly as it seems that they're insinuating it is. Male, I think I, I tend to agree. Like I can see where they're coming from, but I don't see that either. And I'm I'm wondering whether it's you know different culture. They're from America. Mm. We're from Australia. Yeah, because it is like when, um, when you think they, it. Sorry. Yeah, it's all you go. Well, I was just going to say, when you think about it, it is quite, a, for lack of a better term, it is quite an innocent movie. Like, I think the worst swear word in there is bullshit. Um, and the violence isn't go. particularly... Yeah, and the, the violence isn't particularly violent. Like, Kabai Singh gets eaten by the sharks at the end of it, but you don't really see that much. There's a bit of blood in the water, but that's kind yeah. of it. Um yeah, it's it's kind of an innocent movie, so I, I guess I took what they those characters said in a much more innocent way than perhaps those yeah. guys on the podcast took it. I reckon a lot of it's got to do with uh, culture, the yeah. fact that they probably study a lot of this stuff when it comes to cinema. Like we we're kind of seeing it more of a, a fan as someone who watches it, where they probably see it as more of they probably look into it a lot more than what we do. Yeah, they're probably um, right. So, but it was just, it was an interesting point of view that they would raise, which I had never thought of before. That's why I thought it would be worth discussing. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, well, um, we'll move on to that and we'll talk about some more expensive collectibles. Um, <laughs> now, a little while ago on the podcast, we mentioned that for the 80th, Bradford was going to release uh, a set of coins um, to celebrate the 80th anniversary. Now, originally it was announced that there was going to be five coins, 
Well, it has turned out there is actually 10, mm. and that the advertising was a mistake. Um, so basically what this means is that if anyone has already signed up for a, sub sub ah, sorry, for a subscription for these coins with Bradford, they're actually going to be paying twice as much as they originally thought, which works out to be roughly $1,000. Yeah. Um, and as you can understand, some fans aren't particularly happy about that. No, it was reported by because it was um, Terry Cray rang up and he you know let us let everyone know about it. He was after the case which was supposed to be released after the second with the second coin, which I believe was the same which was the same uh, same way they did it with the last set of coins they released. The medallions. Um, yeah, the, the medallions. Um, and then they told him that there was actually ten as well as five. So in reading behind between the lines, what I get the impression is is that it originally was five. They then decided to do ten and they thought, well we've got better to do a new case and then that's why it's now going to be released with the fourth coin. That's the way I read it. Yeah. But you make a very good point that if people don't know better, they're just going to be continually paying that hundred dollars a month and the credit card's going to go up, going to go up, going to go up, and going to go up. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a watch this space, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully, like Bradford says on their website, you know, when you subscribe to any of their collectible items that they send out, you know, periodically, um, you can cancel your subscription at any time. So I guess their argument would be, yeah, okay, there's 10, but you're free to cancel your subscription yeah. once those five that you originally read. Uh, prepared to pay for come out but the but thing let's is let's be honest who does that yeah exactly the thing is the fans would have paid for that original subscription um, under the impression that there were going to be only five so now if they cancel it after five then they're not going to get the whole set which is what they signed up for in the first place so it's going to be who's going to cancel in the middle of the set well people might like if people a thousand dollars is a lot of money and yeah maybe yeah. you can Spend five hundred dollars on it, but a thousand dollars is stretching it mm. a bit too far. So it'd be interesting to see if Bradford uh, allows people to get any money they've already paid back. Um, how they're going to play it? It's yeah, it's going to be a very interesting thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I was you know like thinking, okay, if things if things you know clear up with my finances, I'll probably get the five. Mm. But the ten, it's like, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no way. Because, you know, with that $500, I could, I could fly to Sydney for Supernova and the Lee Fort Memorial Bengalas Explorers Club dinner and have a good time. And that, to me, is probably worth more than, you know... A couple of coins. A couple of coins, which... Yeah. To be honest, I've got the medallion set and I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with them. Yeah. Um, they look nice, but then they just kind of sit there and, you know, it's not a pride in my collection. Yeah, and if you look at them really closely, they have a kind of cheapness about them as well, I find. Yeah, but that's, you could argue that's Bradford. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, let's let's move on. Um, actually, I'm going to skip the next one because I want to save that for last. So I'm going to talk about um, a new T-shirt that has come out called from a company called Black Book, and they have released a... Phantom T-shirt, which basically is a white shirt with a skull on it. 
Um, it's available in men's and children's sizes. So, sorry, ladies, you miss out. <laughs> um, so, the shirt is going to be $70 for, for the men and $40 for the kids. And it is literally a white shirt with a skull on it. Just going to say it, it's not worth that much money. Now, I've never heard of Black Book before. I don't know if they're like um, some sort of fancy, fancy brand that suddenly decided to go into comics okay. like um, Black Milk did recently. Um, but, yeah. What about you, Jermaine? Are you prepared to pay 70 bucks for a black skull on a white shirt? To be honest, I struggle paying $30 for a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I've I've got this general rule, right, that whenever the wife buys me clothes, she's not allowed to spend over a certain amount. Like $10 for a shirt is just way too much. Now, this is me. This is a shirt like, you know, we're in the house or, you know, wearing to work and stuff. I don't like spending that much money. So with the Phantom, it's kind of like, you know, $20 is kind of my limit. And I haven't brought all of the casual Friday ones and all the Swedish ones because... They're, you know, they're kind of $30, $40, which is a little bit too much for me. A $70 one? Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit more happy to spend money on a shirt than you. I've bought some of the Casual Friday ones, and I'm happy to spend, you know, if it's a good quality shirt on quality material, mm. I'm happy to spend, you know, for probably 50 would be my absolute maximum. But having said that, the artwork on Casual Friday shirts is great. It's yeah. really, really good. This is literally a black skull, and yeah. you could make it yourself. Like, it's not... Well... It's, yeah. We don't know what the quality is and stuff, but it doesn't... It doesn't... With the website, it doesn't scream out to you saying, this is something I must buy. Yeah, exactly. Like, I look at Casual Friday, and I go, oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, I really like that. I will, and I've brought Casual Fridays. I've got a few Casual Friday shirts. I've got their jumper with the black phantom profile on it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And, oh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, you know, I'm, you know, I was actually going to buy a second one, one to wear and one to keep. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then I was going to buy the wife one as well and then the kid one as well. That's how much I liked it. Um, but this one, it just... I don't know. You know, I think it's great that Black Book has got the license and stuff, but if you're going to pay all that money to get the license, surely you can do, like, a one, a range of stuff, and then two, I understand you're a, a bouquet shop and stuff, but $70 is a lot of money for a shirt. It really is. It really but, is. Yeah, but then again, like I said before, I am someone who doesn't like the wife spending more than $10 on a shirt for yeah. stuff that I actually use. So, you know, my opinion is slightly skewed because, you know, I'm happy to wear shorts and a, you know, and a shirt and thongs all day, every day, you know, so that's, I'm not a, I'm not a metro as the terminology of what some people would say. Yeah. Far from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Well, that's cool. I actually just realized I missed out on uh, a previous well, news story. So I'm going to leave. This is like the best news. Well, I was going to leave the, the watch to last because I think it's funny, but we'll do that one now. So um, a company called Br Bramford has released released a Phantom watch. Now, if you think 70 bucks for a shirt is a lot, if you think $400 for a statue is a lot. Well, and if you think $1,000 for um, 10, coins. 10 coins is a lot. Yeah, well, hold on to your butt because this is going to blow your mind. 
So this company called Bamford has released a limited edition Phantom Watch. It is high quality steel, military grade titanium coating, waterproof up to 300 meters, and it costs only. And you'll even see if you look at the post of this, you can see my sarcasm coming through. It is only $30,679.32 Australian, which is um, 16,000 pounds. No, euro. Is it euro or pounds? Pounds. It's a British, okay. it's a British, um, British company. Oh, trust, trust, trust the palms to do that. Who the flame in hell is going to spend that much on a watch? Now, admittedly, it does come with a poster, a mini poster, and it also comes with a skull mark and a good mark ring. And get this, the um, warranty cards are metal, but how that all up adds up to £16,000, uh, 16, I have no idea. It's it's a great-looking watch. It is a great-looking watch, but flame and heck. <laughs> now, I thought it... It's probably the best Phantom watch I've seen. It is a Rolex as well, isn't it? Um, I believe so, yes. So, you know, you know, at work we've actually sold a Rolex before. So, you know, this was a, a Rolex that was only gold-plated, uh, had scratch and dings on it, and it still went for, you know, $10,000. You know, so Rolexes hold their value. They're highly prestigious and, you know, but... Like you said, it does come with a hefty price tag. Yeah, like you um, could put a down payment on a house for that. That's just in some countries you can you can buy houses for that price. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I'll tell you one thing: if I had money to burn, I would buy it in a heartbeat. Mm, I yeah, I still don't know if I would. It's I love just, the watch. I reckon it's an amazing watch. I I'd want it to be. Making me dinner and rubbing my feet at night for that much money. That's just... Oh, that's called a wife, mate, and they cost a lot more than <laughs> grand. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's... See, for me, that's just ridiculous, that amount of money. It, it is, it is, it is. But um, have you seen... Have you watched the video that comes with it? No, I didn't watch the video. They've released a video with it, and it's like done by like a, an animation company. And I actually really enjoy the video. It's kind of corny. It's um, it's uh, it's definitely a fluff piece for the watch. But do yourself a favour, watch the video, mm-hmm. um, drool over the watch, and do not even bother sending it to your wife to try and get them to buy it for you for Christmas <laughs> or birthday. You're just wasting your breath. And there's much better things that you could buy. Like, for instance, you could buy the Phantom on the Hero statue, or the Monsters in Motion thing, the um, the Bradford coins, and you still have money left over to buy a new house. Yep. And down you could, on the house. and once you've put your down payment down, you could still buy. You could still buy our next awesome collectible, which is a fantasy card game based around the Phantom. So and this is exciting. This is exciting. So um, a company with possibly the coolest name ever, Silly Kid Games, has um, secured an agreement with King Feature Syndicate to release a phantom deck-building game. Um, now, for those that don't know, a deck-building game is where you have a whole bunch of cards that have different uh, properties or powers, whatever you want to call it, and you build a deck that's very powerful to then outdo your opponent. So... 
kind of, I guess, similar to a traditional card game, but a lot more involved. It's kind of hard to explain it really quickly. But um, regardless, not much information is known about the card game other than it is coming. Um, it's in pre-production at the moment. Yeah, it's in pre-production at the moment. So all we have really at the moment is the knowledge that it's going to be released and one piece of promotional art that they've released. Um, the promotional art is interesting in the fact that it very much looks like it's going to be, or at least one of the characters in it is going to be a future Phantom. Mm. Um, now, because there has been no information released on the actual game or gameplay yet, we can't really say how much of a part this future fan will be. Maybe he'll the whole thing will be set in the future, or as um, Jermaine suggested when we were talking about it before, he might be just one of a whole generation of phantoms that will be featured in the game. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how this this shapes up. I'm really excited about this. Um, I've communicated with the company and talked to, oh, I can't remember who, what his role was, but he's, you know, fairly high up. And, you know, they've actually, you know, they say they're Phantom fans. They um, listen to the podcast as well, which is, you know, another tick of approval from uh, about them. So, you know, obviously they've, got, you know, even if only half of what they say is true, which I believe it's all true, they have an understanding of who the Phantom is and they possibly have a great love of the Phantom as well, which I think bodes quite well. Yeah. It's interesting too that um, the first image they released, like as we said, we don't know what the game is about. We don't know if the whole thing's set in the future or not. If it's not, it's interesting that the first image they've released is of a futuristic Phantom mm. because... I was going to say they might alienate the fans, which is true to an extent. I'm sure there's some fans out there that are, oh, I don't want a futuristic fan. Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> and I must focus. Yep, focus. And I must admit, when I first looked at it, I went, oh, that's, that's a bit weird. But I've been looking at it a lot because I just keep coming back to this artwork. And every time I look at it, I like it more and more. And now mm. I'm almost completely sold on it. I really want to find out what it's about. Um, yeah. I'm really excited by the idea that it is, you know, several generations of Phantom that you get to play as, not just, you know, one. Well, know, there's the potential be, for that. Yeah, there's the potential of for that. I, I, that could be really cool. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see how they I, do it. Yeah, I hope they explore, well, you know, and I must admit, I don't know much about fantasy card games. Um, you know, it could be an interesting concept that, you know, instead of meeting for lunch and we go elsewhere at, you know, Sydney Super, Supernova and that, we can just meet at a table and play fantasy card games. You know, I'm sure a few of us would be right in our element there, not including me. Um, but I, I must admit, it has... The Phantom is a character that is not just set in our time period. There's... It, it, it is so open, you know, you can have 400, 500 years of exploration in this card game. You can, you've got all sorts of bad guys, all sorts of, you know, you've got different heroes, you've got the opportunity to be able to introduce different characters and stuff like that, um, that are historical or, or whatever. The options are endless, and I'm really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, and even if the main set, like this first set that they release, is just based around the one Phantom, a futuristic Phantom, every, well, pretty much every single board game or card game now has some sort of expansion set released. So yeah. there is the possibility that, you know, they might release an expansion set that will explore, you know, the different generations or, mm. you know, might even explore the villains. So we'll get like a Skyband extension uh, expansion set and a Sing Brotherhood expansion set. You know, there's there's so much they could do with it. Vultures. Yeah. Um, Hydra would be a good one. The Golden Circle. The Golden Circle, yes, yes, yes. That's uh, one of my favourites. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, um, like I said, we are in communication with them. Um, so as, you know, when we hear new stuff, we'll keep everyone involved and stuff. Like, we don't know release dates or anything like that yet. But um, I think I think the artworks probably needs to be discussed a little bit more. Like, you said that you... We're a little bit unsure on it at first, and then you like it more and more. Well, yeah, the thing that really threw me, um, admittedly, when I first looked at it, is is the face. The face, even looking at it now, the face just looks a bit weird. Um, yeah. I know people get into very heated discussions about whether <laughs> you should see the Phantom's ears through the costume. Um, personally, I think that's a ridiculous conversation, but I think here they're a little bit too prominent. Um, and are there something up with the mask? Like, it, it looks like almost glasses that kind of wrap around the back of his head than a traditional mask. It just looks a little off to me, but looking at the rest of the costume, the um, armour that he's wearing and, and the belt buckle and the chest plate with the glowing red skull, all of that just looks really cool. And mm. um, you look at the background, and it looks like, you know, there's obviously been some sort of turmoil going on in whatever world this is, and I'm interested to find out what all that's about and if it's actually in Bangala and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot in that uh, artwork that piques my interest. Yeah, I, I must admit, the art doesn't really bother me because, and one, I'm not an artist. Two, while I'm not an artist, I do have an interest in the art, but people... People and it's not just Forkus, so we can't just lay the blame at Forkus. As much as we like to, you know, give them a bit of stick, a <laughs> lot of fans are very old-fashioned in the sense they don't like new stuff or they don't like change. Yeah. And this is what we kind of discussed last episode with, like, you know, having to get a new artist to replace Paul Ryan and that. Is that as soon as someone sees, as soon as there's something a little bit different, i.e. Phantom 2040 before. This one where it's got skulls, where oh, not skulls, like scales, so it could be like reflective, like, you know, in the last Phantom and stuff. People go, hey, why? They lose the plot. You know, if you thought that, you know, them not getting their free comic was was them going crazy, wait until I see a different version of the Phantom. Now, that is seeing fans go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you're true. It's very true. I remember when... um. The last Phantom came out, and all we had was that Berry costume image. Yeah. People were losing their minds. Like they, first of all, they thought it was blood. Yeah, they thought it was blood. It was, yeah. You know, and then like if you actually read the story, you actually put it into concept, uh, into perspective that it was Sing military stuff for a superhero reason that a lot of the films are doing now. So you're kind of getting into that area of 
a visual that people that aren't necessarily comic fans would recognize. So that's mm. probably, you know, a, a smart move within itself to have that recognizability there. Yeah, so will you be getting it? Oh, I'll definitely be getting it. Um, like you said before, you're not you're not much into uh, fantasy card games, but I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Magic: The Gathering, which is a fantasy card game, and I love that. So I'm really interested to see how this uh, Phantom set is going to play out. Not necessarily in comparison to Magic, but just knowing how Magic works, how this one's going to be a um, in that sort of genre. And the interesting thing is too for me is how they're going to release it um yes. so for those that don't know magic is a collectible card game which means you buy booster packs and hopefully you get a really good card in that but if you don't you might get a couple of okay cards that you can trade to someone that has one of the really good cards you want so they release um them in booster packs like i said or you can buy a whole box of booster packs or you can buy a box um, which Magic calls a fat pack, other games call it something else, um, which might have six to seven booster packs in it, plus a whole bunch of kind of basic cards that you need for the game to function. Mm. Um, so they could go along that line, or they could just do what they did with the Marvel um, deck-building game, who I can't think of off the top of my head who made that, where they just released the game as one big set. And you've got the base set, and then you've got other expansions that come off of that, but you still need the base set in order to play those expansions. But it's let them build this bigger and bigger and bigger game. Um, you know, it can grow exponentially from there. So there's a couple of different ways this could be released, and I'm really interested to see how they how they do that. So it should be cool. I think it's also worth that... I, I would say probably about... 70, a, a minimum of 70 80% of fans of comic readers who will be buying it are probably not fantasy card gamers. Yeah. And it will be interesting seeing their, um, the way they buy and collect the cards, whether they do it as like a trading card set in the sense of like, I want one card of everything rather than when you're, you know, like when you're collecting the magic gathering stuff you're not trying to get a card of everything you're trying to get the better stuff when you buy your booster packs and all that yeah yeah it will be so that could be an interesting i'd say most fans will probably want to get at least one of each card and then the ones that want to play Mm. it will probably get one of each card and then one or you know a couple to actually play with so yeah well I myself will probably be wanting at least one of every card, you know, to get, like, the complete set like you would if it was a trading card series. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you've got, for instance, if you've got the booster pack and the fat pack and the other sorts of packs, you know, whether they come in slightly different packaging and stuff, the, the collector fan or the hardcore collector fan would then be wanting a, an unopened pack of all of those as well. Yeah, to complete the collection in a sense. So, so it will be interesting, and I don't know what um, I don't know whether silly silly kids games have thought about how the common fan and fan will collect the set as well. But um, I think it will be a lot different than the average fantasy card gamer. Yeah, probably, probably. But um, 
on that same I mean, token. The other interesting thing. Sorry, you were going to say? You go. I was just going to say. Um, oh, I was going to talk about something different, so you go. I was just... Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, but on the flip side, it's going to introduce, or potentially will introduce the character to a whole new audience um, as well that might not read the comics, but, you know, they go to the game shop every night and then suddenly there's this fandom one there and they might, you know, have some sort of familiar, familiarity with the character and go, oh, I'll check that out. And, yeah, so it could be good. It could be very Definitely. good. Definitely, and I think that's a very good point, which we haven't discussed, which was interesting. We should have. Um, the, <laughs> the potential to open up new readers is the exciting bit. Yeah. Because if it does, it could have a flow-on effect for the US publishers and then the Australian and the Scandinavian publishers. Yep. You know, um, so it'll be interesting to see if it does do anything. Um also, you know, another idea could be they could release, like, little, for those who are late with the cards and stuff like that, like a, a background to the Phantom and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, so, but the other thing that I wanted to discuss is, which is probably important, is how would they get, how would the Phantom fan get the cards? Because... Would they be released in comic book stores? Do you, would you get them online, or would you have to go to a, a specific uh, gaming type of shop? Um, the vast majority of comic book stores will carry them. Um, you can go into pretty much any comic book store, for example, and buy uh, Magic the Gathering cards. You can also buy other gaming cards there. Um, EB Games carry them. Now, they only carry generally the very popular ones so at the moment i yeah. think they carry magic they carry pokemon um there's an adventure time one and the marvel and dc ones having said that though the phantom being as well known as he is in australia i'd be very surprised if they don't carry the phantom one as well mm. um yes there are tradition uh, there are specific gaming stores um that you can go to there's heaps all over the country um so that, you know if you just google uh, game, or if you Google gaming shop, you might come up with something like EB, but there's actual like board game and card game stores. Uh, there's a chain called Good Games that have stores all over the country, but then there's a couple of independent ones as well. Um, so they're probably your best bet. You can buy them online. Um, again, all those stores I just mentioned have online stores. Um, Pop Culture, who sell all the icon stuff, they sell gaming um, cards. So yeah, there's there's lots of places you'll be able to get them from. So it shouldn't be too hard um, to find them somewhere that you'll be yeah. able to get access to them. I just think that's important because you know the average fan of fan probably wouldn't not have a clue. Yeah, well that, that's fair enough. And when I first when I very first got into Magic, I didn't know there was um, a, a card game shop relatively close to me. I mean the closest one at the time was still half an hour's drive away, but you know, this is Australia, so that's not that far. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so the first set of Magic cards I got, I actually got from Kmart. So, you know, it, and I just did a bit of Googling and I was able, able to find it. So you, people shouldn't find it too difficult to find shops mm. that are selling them. Um, whether Kmart and Big W, places like that, will have the Phantom one, I couldn't say. 
um because yeah. they're very very mainstream shops like they'll only sell stuff on if it's really really mainstream they're like, actually gonna sell. yeah like even with the popularity of doctor who at the moment they don't sell the classic series they only sell the new one so they're very very selective about the stuff they get in so i wouldn't count on those shops having them but um yeah. But when we notice or when we find shops that sell them, we will let people know. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely let people know. <clears throat> yes. Cool. Um, right, well, I think that's all of our news for this episode. Oh, uh, this, is, this is going to be one of our shorter ones. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's Steve that holds us back. It must be. We'll have to have a word to him. <laughs> right, so, um, yep, that's all our, our information. So if you want to buy any of that cool collectible stuff, you know, the Bradford coins or the um, Black Book shirt or the ridiculously expensive watch, all the links and stuff are up on the website. Actually, I think the watch is only uh, pre-order at the moment, so you'll have to wait a little while for your ridiculously expensive watch. They're probably going to see if anyone actually buys it before they make it. Yeah, yeah, let us know if you get one. I'd really be interested. Yeah, if someone gets one, yeah, let us know. And then we Um, have them do a review of it and... (laughs) See if their thirty grand was well spent. <laughs> and then also, then we want to know how you managed to get thirty grand to spend on it as well. That would yeah. be the other question we need to ask you. Yeah, exactly, because we want to find out how to do that. <laughs> yeah. What do we have to study at uni, or, or <laughs> who do we have to rob, <laughs> or marry, or? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Radio guys, so that will do us for this episode of. Uh, X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. I keep going to say Chronicle Chamber, but that's the website. Um, just a quick thank you to those that have supported us thus far on Patreon. Every single dollar that people donate to us, even if you can only spare $1, gets us that much closer to making the website even better. We're actually very close to reaching our first tier, so um, that's really cool. If you want to contact us via any means, you can do so via our very... Uh, numerous social networks so we have uh, Facebook where you can find us at Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page or Phantom Collectors we're on Google Plus we're on Twitter at Chronicle underscore tweet Um, and we now have an Instagram account which uh, has been up for a couple of weeks now if you haven't um, already checked that out do so Uh, we will be posting lots of cool Phantom pictures you got a fax machine as well didn't you Um, yeah I do have a fax machine I just can't figure out how to use it It's it's too old school for me. <laughs> um, I'm thinking get one of those those phones as well where you've got to turn the thing. So instead of just pressing the button, you've got to stick your finger in and turn the dial all the way around and wait for it to go back to the start. And then all the way around again. Because that's how I like to roll. Um, speaking of rolling, I will be rolling off to England. That was a really bad segue. Sorry. It was. <laughs> Um, yes, Steve, you need to be keeping us in check. Yeah, uh, he'd probably just be sitting there telling his dad jokes, <laughs> which admittedly are really good. But anyway, um, so yes, I'm going to be moving to England um, at the end of this week, which means that there may be a bit of a gap between this episode and the next, because um, I've got to get over there and obviously get myself set up to be able to record and things like that. So please forgive us while um, there's a little bit of a break on, but we will get back into the podcasting as soon as we possibly can and we've got a couple of uh potential interviews coming up as well uh a a writer and an artist and maybe and then hopefully even the fruit team the fruit crew 
as well. So, um, so hopefully we'll have some of those uh, interesting um, uh, interviews coming up soon as well, which, which I think I think we all all enjoy doing, and I think uh, you, the fan, enjoys listening to as well. Yep, we've had some pretty good responses to our previous interviews, so um, we hope you enjoy these ones when they come around. We're just um, trying to work out everyone's schedules and time differences and all that because not everyone we're interviewing is actually in Australia, so it should be um, should be quite fun. And but, Australia has three different time zones, or four in daylight savings as well. So Yeah, exactly. The world did not make it easy for us. No. <laughs> Right, well, that will do us for this episode of X-Man the Phantom Podcast. Um, I've been Joe, and Jermaine's been Jermaine, and thank you very much thank for joining us. Thank you, guys. And we'll catch you for episode 39. All right, see you later, guys. Bye. Awesome.